All right. Hello and welcome to our fourth and final episode. We promise it's our final <laughs> episode of our series, Start the Conversation. Um, today's going to be on biblical justice, part two of biblical justice. Um, and we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we've had a great, just a great time um, having these conversations, and we hope it's been an encouragement for y'all. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, anything we're kind of i'm kind of being selfish in a way but this has been super beneficial for me mm. i don't know if it's been for you has it been? absolutely good absolutely. <laughs> good um so yeah thanks for for tuning in if this is beneficial for you we would encourage you to share it with people that you think it would encourage uh but yeah without further ado enjoy Let's take another deep dive into some more scripture. Um, this one will be Isaiah 1, 16 to 18. Um, so I'll read it. Isaiah 1, 16 to 18. It says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. All right, so to give some context here, um, this is the book of Isaiah. Um, God is speaking through Isaiah the prophet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some context God's people have been um, rebelling against him, not obeying him and his laws and his commands. So that was the first part of that, of chapter one, is God basically saying that they have not been following yeah. him. Uh, they've been disobeying. They, he calls them a sinful nation, a people laden, laden with iniquity. Um, yet we see in verses 16 and 17, that he calls them to repentance. Mm -hmm. And repentance is a fancy Christian word, yeah. <laughs> but it means turn, mm -hmm. turn from sin and to God. Um, so he calls them to like wash, wash yourselves clean, um, remove evil deeds, learn to do good, seek justice, um, correct oppression. And <clears throat> to give some more context, he's basically saying that they, they were doing all these sacrifices, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he says they were in vain. It was like they were mm -hmm. doing all this religious activity. Just to do it, yeah. Just to do it, but not really with a heart to change and to really live for the Lord. So mm -hmm. basically what he's saying here is, I want you to have a new heart. Like I want yeah. um, you to change, like just change your attitude and that attitude should lead to action. Um, so he's calling them to repentance. Um, he wants he wants hearts that overflow with love, um, and that love leads to good works. It leads to fruit that's just naturally flowing from from our hearts. Um, so he's he's telling them to seek justice, um, not just because it's the religious, you know thing to do because it's a beautiful thing that it's that it's of god um 
Yeah, so it's just a reminder not to just kind of check the religious duty box. Um, yeah, you know, to do for them now is to Man. do the sacrifices, which were important. Yeah, but at the same time, Don't to just do it just to do it exactly. Yeah. So not yeah. not just to do the sacrifices, but to live a life of sacrifice. Yeah, um, to repent from the evil deeds, like. Because they're hurtful to us to, yeah. um, and to others, but so to repent from that and then walk in love, walk in justice and righteousness. things you just reminded me of um so the first thing i think it's so important to and and you said this repentance is turning away but it's also turning away from sin but then going in that direction that you just turned turned to right so it's not just turning your face from sin and saying hey i'm not going to do that but then what's your action step to keep yourself away from that and to go in a different direction and direction in the direction of the kingdom of god that's good um but it also makes me think of jeremiah as you're talking about um just the how they went you know to the temple and they did all these sacrifices just to do it and (laughs) jeremiah was saying the same things and um jeremiah 7 uh it opens up and it says the word that came to Jeremiah and he goes on to say that, um, the God of Israel, the God of Israel, this is, um, chapter seven, verse three, the God of Israel meant, says, amend your ways and your deeds. I will, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. So what they would do is they would have confidence and say, and think that, they could live life however they wanted to, but because they had the temple and this was Yahweh's, that they could just go on and live life however they wanted to. Yeah. And then it goes on, verse 5, it says, For if you truly amend your ways in your deeds, and if you truly execute mishpat, justice, with one another, and if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, Right there goes the vulnerable quartet. Yeah. Um, then I will let you dwell in this place, and it, it goes on to basically say, like, Jeremiah's like you. It's not just enough to do the sacrifices, like you said. It's not just enough to live this life of routine of religion, and then we get to Jeremiah thirty one thirty one, where he's like, God's gonna do a new, give you a new covenant. And he's gonna write it on your heart because your hearts. They need to be circumcised, not just the flesh, the outside, like your yeah. heart needs to be renewed. Amen. Um, and that, man, that was, that's so powerful because I think we often, just like what you said, we get into this routine, especially today, especially in um, this, I don't know, this, this idea of religion, right? Just yeah. the, we think that we have to do these routines and that's what, you know, sanctifies us. But it's like... I mean, it's a part of life, but man, your heart needs to be renewed. Yeah. You need to turn away from sin and then pursue the kingdom of God. Amen. And it's ultimately God giving us a new heart, you yeah. know, like he promises um, from scripture that he's going to give us a new heart. Um, so it's it's the combination of God doing that by his grace, mm-hmm. doing that for us, 
but it's but he still calls us to wash ourselves clean. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he washes he washes us clean. We have to do, yeah, by his we have grace, to play our part. You know, by the by the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice mm-hmm. washes our sins away, like it says uh, in the Word. Um, that though your sins are like scarlet, scarlet they shall be yeah. white as snow. I love that. So, so it's, beautiful. It's, yeah, <laughs> I know it is, and it's him doing that for us. Yeah, but then it's okay. We have a responsibility to to seek him every day and to wash ourselves clean, um, knowing that it's him doing it. But you know that we have a responsibility too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just yeah, just wanted to share that that man. God is a He's a God of restoration, mm-hmm. um, and He wants to forgive us, make us clean, make us new, mm-hmm. make us pure. And you know, He takes broken, weak, sinful individuals, and He makes us um, He makes us new. Yeah, He wants and, to give us um, abundant, just abundant life of of love, joy, and peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that should cause us that should lead us to embody that to live that out and when we live that out mishpat is done justice is done that's right um and we the same way that we know um just you know what you mentioned that because of jesus's grace and because of what he's done on the cross and because of what he's done in our lives we are restored and we have this opportunity to to advance the kingdom and to be a part of it um and god's like look around and see those who aren't a part of the kingdom and those who aren't cared for too. Yeah. And know that I'm a God of justice and I want to exercise that in this world and in through you. Like you said, we have to play our part. Um, that's right. Man, that's a good verse. Um, so I had a couple passages too um, that I wanted to, to go into. The first one is Psalms 146, I believe. Yeah. Psalms 146. Verses five through nine. Um, so in, in this passage, you have both parts. You have the restorative justice, but also the retributive justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least within this passage, you'll see how you'll, yes, there's both, but what is it more um, focused on? Um, and you'll see restorative justice is a big part, um, not just retributive. Yeah. So verse five through through nine again this is chapter 146 in the book of psalms so it says blessed is he whose help is in the god of jacob whose hope is in yahweh his god who made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and who keeps faith forever and i think i could be wrong i, I don't think I am, but um, I, I don't know. I could be, but I think this poet, whoever wrote this Psalm is thinking about Genesis one. He's for sure thinking about it, but I don't know if he's also trying to make this claim that he, that God has been this God ever since the beginning. But whenever you read who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, that's deliberately bringing you back to Genesis one when yeah. he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes on to say that, this God executes justice, mishpat for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. And the Lord loves righteousness. There you go. Justice and righteousness again together. And the Lord watches over the sojourner and he upholds the fatherless and the widow. But 
he thwarts the way of the wicked. So that's the retributive justice, right? But all, up until then, it's focused on also the restorative peace of justice. And you see the vulnerable quartet in there, the people who are at a disadvantage. And again, like, I think it's so important to, to, um, one, one of the reasons why I think it's good that we're having these conversations is because we're, we know that God is a God of judgment, right? He judges the evil things and he, um, brings justice in that way. But you can see his heart towards those who are, um, vulnerable within your community. And this God is saying that he executes it in the earth and all the earth ever mm-hmm. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is what this God has been about. So I thought that was a good, good passage too. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it just emphasizes God's care for the weak, right? Yeah. For the vulnerable. Um, and it makes me think of, um, scripture. I think it's second, first or second Corinthians that God's power is made perf- perfect yeah, second. in weakness through weakness. When Paul, um, yeah. Yeah. So he, man, his, he is glorified through, um, through weakness, Mm -hmm. you know, through, through our weakness. And he cares, like he's a God who cares for us. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just that phrase alone is, is very comforting to know that God, the God, the creator God, like it Mm -hmm. says here of the universe cares for us human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, and he cares specifically for the weak as well. Yeah. And then another Another thing that just kind of jumped out at me is, um, it says, "Blessed, blessed is he whose help is in is in the God of Jacob, mm-hmm. whose hope is in the Lord, uh, his God." And that so two words st- stick out there: are help and hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. That our help is in Dude. God. That like we need His help, like in this mm-hmm. life, um, every day yeah. we need His help spiritually. We need His help physically too. Like. And there are people who in our society, in our world that need his help, like physical yeah. help more than maybe we do. So that's, that, go, that shows right there that God helps those in need and he calls us to help to, those in yeah. need. And man, that makes me think of how important it is about us bearing the image of God and being a witness to the world to the nations Mm. um because often you'll see within the bible there are people that um aren't necessarily a part of the israelite you know community um but would honor god because of how god worked through the israelites right so you think of a like a jethro right moses father-in-law who once he heard the acts that that um god exercised in the exodus he he praised god Mm. um and if we are supposed to be the light into the darkness, right? The light of the world. Um, and people start to hear about this God and that this God is about justice and righteousness. Um, again, going to this verse, blessed is who's the one whose hope or whose help is in the God of Jacob. So even if they're not believers, but they know that this God is a God of justice, they're going to seek help for that God, especially if they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it then flips the coin or it flips the question on how are we as believers living that out? Because they're coming, they're coming to this God, they're coming to this, this church community saying that, Hey, your God that you worship is a God of justice and righteousness. 
right? What about you? Yeah, yeah. what about you? Yeah. Um, so I, that was kind of convicting <laughs> to me when you brought that up. I mean, so many times in the Bible we see, so that you may know, you know, so in that. the Exodus, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So that, so that Pharaoh and the gods of Egypt will mm-hmm. know that Yahweh is the he true, is the Lord. Yeah. he is the true God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. And, and then the other part of that is the hope aspect. So God helps, you know, he's our helper. He mm-hmm. helps those in need, but then. Man, weird. He's the only hope mm-hmm. to like ultimately um, us hoping in him can get us through any situation. That's mm-hmm. it. Kind of reminds me of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me. Is I can I can be content in all circumstances mm-hmm. because my hope is in God. Yeah. Um, so I just like those two two words, help and hope, and yeah. that He is the God of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Another verse that I want to go into is in Deuteronomy. I th- I think this one, honestly, it's so interesting because I never noticed this until um, I listened um, to a few Bible scholars kind of just unpack this pack this passage. But it's in Deuteronomy eighteen, and this is known as the Levites mishpat. Um, so many of you might know. Um, I don't know if you knew this. I wasn't really familiar about it or with it, but the uh, the Levites were the only ones that didn't have a land, right? So if you don't have a land, I mean, you need to eat, you need to live. So you're you're already set at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And this passage is so encouraging because this is known as the Levites mishpot. So it mishpot. So it was their right. So what I'm about to read is their right, and this. It's good in the eyes of of God. So it starts off, it says, Levites are the Levitical priests of all the tribes, um, all the tribe of Levi shall have no portion or no territory or inheritance with Israel. Verse two, or still in verse one, it says, they shall eat the Lord's food offerings as their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their brothers for the Lord is their inheritance as he promised as he promised them verse 3 and it says this shall be the priest's dues and I think we have the same yeah. translation right so it says it says dues but it says this shall be the priest's dues from the people and the, what's so interesting is that word do is the word mishpat so this shall be the priest's justice from the people. So what is the priest mishpat? What is right for them from those offerings or from those offering a sacrifice, whether an ox or sheep, they shall give to the priest, the shoulder and the two cheeks and the stomach, the first fruit of your grain, the first fruit of your wine, of your oil and the first fleece of your sheep. You shall give to him. 
For the Lord your God has chosen him out of all of your tribes to stand and minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons for all time. So, according to, to God, this God, <laughs> it is justice to look out for these Levites who are already set at, set at a disadvantage, who don't have a land, right? It's their, their right. It is act, actually exercising justice by giving them what they can't provide for themselves. So... Again, when we talk about God is a God of justice and righteousness, um, it just goes again to to ask us or it forces us to ask, like, who within our community, who within our ministries, um, who is vulnerable and how are we coming up with ways that we can care for them? Because it's not a question on if we're going to, it's just how we're going to. And I thought that, man, I love that passage because it kind of shows the, it shows a little bit more about the heart yeah, of God. Exactly. And it, and it reveals, I mean, it, it reminds us that everything belongs to God. Yeah. And when we, when we have that mindset of everything belongs to God, everything I have is a gift Yeah, that allows that mindset allows us to compels us to want to be generous and share our yeah. resources with those in need. Mm-hmm. And it's, and this is like an opportunity. God kind of set this in place. Yeah. Yeah. As an opportunity yeah. for the other tribes to, to provide for, to, to give, execute justice, execute justice for this, mm-hmm. for the Levites. Yeah. Um, so it's a reminder that God is generous and to us. And there's plenty of opportunities to exercise it. Plenty of opportunities. <laughs> yeah. God is generous to us why wouldn't we be generous to Mm -hmm. others? You know, when everything is his, everything belongs to God. Um, to that, it compels me to want to like share my resources and, and execute, um, justice in a God honoring way. Yeah. And my community. And I hope that does for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, watching and listening. Yeah. That's good. And, um, you know, I always have to, before we go into the passage in Luke about, you know, Jesus exercising and, and talking about how he was, how he had a heart, you know, for justice. Mm. Um, man, Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. Come on. Man, it's, it. It, love it. <laughs> man, it's, it's so good. Um, and it says that let not the, the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the, um, the mighty man boasts in his might. And again, to remind everyone and to remind myself that mighty, a mighty person is not just someone who is strong, but it's someone who has influence, mm-hmm. right? So a king is, is known as a mighty man because he has a kingdom and he has influence. Um, so but let not the, the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Not, just, not, in ju- not just in the might of your, yeah. those muscles. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> you had to throw that in there. <laughs> so, um, and it goes on. It says, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let he who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands, um, that he knows Yahweh and understands that he is a God that exercises um, mishpat, justice, steadfast love and righteousness. And this is what 
our God delights in. And I think it's so important as we're doing ministry, as we're, um, yeah, whether you're a coach, an athlete, or ministry leader, as you're serving, you have influence. You, you really do, especially when it comes to using the platform of sport. But how are you using that influence? And um, are you boasting in in that, right? Mm-hmm. Or are you turning it on its head and saying, no, I'm going to boast in this God that I know. I'm going to actually live out what this God wants to exercise and practice in and through me. I have to do my part too. Yeah. Yeah, and Jeremiah uh, 9, 23, 24, it kind of reminds me that, you know, we talked about before that because God is just, you know, he can't let sin and wickedness go unpunished. So sometimes he is, um, he executes retributive Mm -hmm. justice Mm -hmm. because that's a part of his just character and nature, Mm -hmm. yet it says he delights in these things. I delight mm-hmm. in steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. So, like he delights in those things. He wants, um, because he's a god of restoration. He wants that restorative mm-hmm. justice to be executed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that—that's what yeah. our first inclination should be to delight in those things. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a time and a place for re- retributive justice yeah um but i think here he, god is yeah revealing that yeah and it but often, these things i delight you know and it also shows the heart of god too and mm-hmm. we didn't unpack the hebrew word for steadfast love you actually have to clear your throat for this it's chesed that's how you say it <laughs> chesed. 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 <laughs> um and that that could take another conversation to unpack it but it it has to deal with a commitment Right. And it also deals with generosity, the generosity of God. Mm. Um, but God is a God of loyalty, right? The, he, he made a covenant with this people that he knew would not uphold their, their end of the bargain. But still, he wants to exercise steadfast love um, on them and be generous to them and stay committed to them. So when it comes to exercising justice and righteousness and even steadfast love, it can be challenging. Like it's not always easy to love someone who isn't like you. Um, it's not easy to love someone and to relate to someone who doesn't have, um, who doesn't have, um, the same type of hardships or struggles that you have, Mm -hmm. but God is calling us, especially when we're in a community of people to embody it. And then I think going back to the five L's, of listening, of loving, of listening, learning, lamenting, leveraging, as we take that time to create an environment for those things to happen, then it it helps us. And it also creates the space for the Holy Spirit to, to do its work Mm -hmm. so that we can embody it. Um, Amen. But man, love that verse. Um, Let's dive into Luke. Let's do it. Awesome.
course, we have to lead everything to Jesus, right? The God of the Old Testament come that came to to earth in human form. Um, So I wanted to read uh, Luke 4, and this is essentially um, when he begins his ministry, this is the first thing that he says, and the the first passage that he opens up to right in the synagogue. Um, So this is right after he... um, goes through the wilderness, right? He's tempted. Yeah, he's tempted. He's led by the Spirit. And um, for my Bible, and I think for you too, the the heading... I think we we have the same Bible. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, It says, Jesus began his ministry. So this is the start of his ministry, right? In verse 14 in chapter 3, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he began, or he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogues on a Sabbath day and stood up and read. And this is what he pulls out, right? He pulls out the the prophet Isaiah chapter sixty one, and he unrolls the scroll and found the place where he, where it was written this passage he says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendants and sat down. And the eyes of all the, those who were in the synagogue were f- there were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, today, so this is two, over 2,000 years ago. So it's not when we get to heaven. I mean, it, again, when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's a, we read that quote um, in our last episode from N.T. Wright. It's a future reality, but it's already been launched. Yeah. And and the life of Jesus. So he says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all who spoke, um, all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. So when you think of anyone I guess giving a campaign speech or about to run, you know, run for office or something like that, um, you listen to the, the main points that they say, right? You listen to the opening, um, you know, movements of their speech because they're trying to get their point across. And this is what, Je- what Jesus first says. And we, when I, at least when I would originally read this passage, right? The, the Lord, um, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, um, proclaim liberty to the captives and all that set liberty to those who are oppressed. I often think of it just being spiritually, right? That we were spiritually oppressed and we were spiritually poor. And yeah, that's true, but it's also literal. It's really literal, right? And I think it's so important to think, okay, if this is what Jesus starts off with, then this really means something to him, right? And, And we have to be aware of the heart of God and embody this. Um. And I think, man, to to be there, I wish I was there. Uh, there, I'm in a Bible study um, that I meet with every 
Tuesday morning with a, a few small group leaders. And, and one of the questions that was asked is, like, if you were able to go back in time into scripture, right, and be at a scene, you know, um, of one of the scenes in the Bible, which one would it be? And I think it would be this. One, one mm. of them would be this. Top like, five. Yeah, top, <laughs> top five. Um, but I think that, that passage is incredible because this is what Jesus um, is all about. Mm. It's so good. And um, as you explained, it, it it is there is a spiritual component mm-hmm. for sure um, because, you know, good news to the poor in spirit, mm-hmm. um, liberty to the captives or captives uh, from sin, uh, to yeah. sin and death yeah. and and then to the blind, you know, the spiritual blind, the oppressed, that could be interpreted as oppressed by demons because mm-hmm. he, he did that a lot in his ministry. Yeah. Yet, man, there's a there's also a call. Um, like he does that for us spiritually and um, and then he sets that example of actually living that out yeah of of pursuing to execute justice um, in his life and we are we are called to do that um, in our lives mm-hmm. and it's a great um, and high call yeah from the Lord to to execute that to um, to love God and to love our neighbor yeah um, so yeah, it's a it's an awesome campaign speech yeah, from, <laughs> from Jesus. Yeah, and and it's in, compel and, all his followers yeah. to do to do so. And that's so. the thing he doesn't. The thing is, is he was someone who didn't just say it, but literally the rest of his life, the rest of his ministry, he lived it out. Yeah, and right again, just taking that that time to journey th- with him to the cross, journey with him to the grave journey with them when he raises and journey with them with them to that that scene where he's like all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me go go make disciples mm. and it he's inviting us to live it out and to go and to embody what justice really is because that's the kingdom of god that's right and here's the perfect example of that <laughs> literally yeah. perfect without yeah. sin yeah the perfect example of not just talking the talk but walking the walk yeah (laughs) that's good I wanted to read this quote from from Tim Mackey, um, who's you know a guy who was a part of the the Bible Project, um, a Bible scholar, and man, I've learned so much from from them, um, Tim Mackey and John Collins. But after his series on justice, the three part series, um, he gives this incredible quote that I um, wanted to leave us with before we get into a few simple applications. But it says this. It says, you have to reckon with this fact. If I honor the Bible as a source of divine wisdom, I have to reckon with the fact that the, that there is an extraordinary emphasis on the vulnerable and that their problems need to become the problems of those who have influence and resource resources and a voice. And that is what a definition of a just community is. 
So again, we took some time to surface level stuff to dive in just to a few scriptures that talk about justice and righteousness. Um, but we just have to reckon with the fact if this is a source of divine wisdom and we believe that this is the inspired word of God, then we have to figure out ways that we're going to embody it. Again, it's not the question of if we're going to do it, just how we're going to do it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not something that you figure out overnight. Nope. You know, we have, it's a lifetime mm-hmm. process of figuring out ways to, um, to be light, um, to, to do justice in mm-hmm. your, in your society, in your sphere of influence. Um, and yeah, just bringing up the Bible project and Tim Mackey, um, and he has this awesome, like six, really short six minute clip. And, um, he just talks about just the word justice and, and like, why is it even important? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's important because it's, you know, it's, it's morality. God has given us a moral standard, mm-hmm. a moral law. He's the moral law giver. Um, and you know, everyone he created is created in his image. Mm. Um, so when you just sit back and think why it's like, okay, well, everyone God has created it is created in his image. So we should treat everyone like that. We mm-hmm. should, wow, this person is made in the image of God. They have dignity. They have, they have value. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, we're called to love our neighbor, Yeah, not just, not just the neighbor that, um, we feel comfortable with or the neighbor that agrees with everything mm-hmm. we, we say, you know, or, yeah. I mean, the, there's a long list of what our neighbor looks like and, mm-hmm. and we're just called to, called to love and, and do good. Like be justice is executing goodness basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if that was the right proper grammar, but, <laughs> but yeah, just this, uh, just the aspect of understanding, um, who's around us and that they're made in the image of God and that mm-hmm. we are called to, to love them. Mm-hmm. And, and cause justice and righteousness is, is a big deal to God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it should definitely be a big deal to us yeah. as well as we live our lives. Yeah. So. Yeah. And as we, you know, close up and think of a few applications, I think one simple thing that a lot of our ministries can do, whether you're a huddle leader, um, huddle coach, ministry leader, um, is to ask who within your ministry, within your campus, your community, on your team, is vulnerable or invisible, um, who honestly don't have the the generic necessities that you have when it, when it comes to food, when it comes to um, how to get to and from places. How are you going to help them out? Um, and the list goes on. And we could come up with a more detailed list to you know put in the show notes. But I think it's really just opening your eyes and saying who is vulnerable within your your team, within your ministry, within your community, and how are you going to ha- start those conversations amongst your leaders to think of action steps to to care for them and to look out for them. It's good. It's good. We got to, and I'm preaching to myself, identify the Same. need. Me too. Identify the need and just my surroundings and, and take action and just uh, intentionally think through how I can uh, do justice as we keep 
mm-hmm. saying that phrase and that word do justice. So that's that's the question. How can how can you as a coach, how can you as a student athlete, a student, a, a volunteer, a ministry leader, how can we all uh, think through ways to take action for for those in need mm-hmm. um, and live out Micah six eight yeah your yeah verse man yeah you, wanna you got get it. us with that you got it, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Micah six eight just remembering that um, it says he has told you oh man what is good and and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God mm-hmm. yeah. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's living that out and knowing that that's what that that's what's good, right? To embody justice, to walk humbly with God, with your God. So it means having biblical justice. It stems from first having a relationship with Jesus, right? You have to have that relationship with God. Your heart be transformed, and as you continue to pursue Jesus and go on this life journey with Him, your eyes start to be open to areas where you can live out and execute justice where it needs to be lived out um but man i love this conversation i love um just yeah discussing this like you said it's helpful for both of us i think absolutely um and and hopefully um as our ministry grows and as god continues to work in and through us and our volunteers um that justice will be evident Right, because we know this is what God delights in. Amen.